in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Watch me around average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 16, Buckeye Bar Guys on Buckeye Bar Talk Network. I'm Mike. I'm John. Uh, we're going to go over our review show tonight. Uh, we'll be reviewing the the big victory, the 38-25 victory over Penn State from this past Saturday. How you doing tonight, John? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, it's been, uh, we're into November now, so that's kind of crazy to think about, but yeah. yeah, two games into the season and we're into November. Yeah. I was telling, uh, dad the other night, how, uh, this, uh, um, season start has kind of, uh, taken, done weird things with my mental clock because I'm like, it should be 70 degrees outside still, but now here we are November. I, I guess this Saturday's game, I mean, I know it's going to be a night game, but I guess the weather is going should be good this Saturday. Uh, I heard 68 during the day. So well, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, to try to start getting us into the show tonight. Um, so like I said, at the top, we had a, a nice uh, 38, 25 uh, victory um, to me personally. Uh, the game sounds a lot closer than it really was. Uh, Ohio state, uh, and what really they were in control of the game, pretty much the whole game. Uh, they were unstoppable in the first half. And quite honestly, they're, I mean, there was no threat to them in the second half. I know there's some people that didn't like some of the, the scoring that Penn state did. And we'll get into that when we start talking about the defense, but uh, we'll start off with the offense. Um, and I kind of wanted to, we'll talk about Justin Fields in a minute. Cause there's a lot of great things to talk about the, the fields and the receiving core, but I wanted to start off with the running game. So I heard, I saw, I read, I heard some, uh, maybe some little anger discourse that uh, just the running game is not there right now this year. Um, I can see part of that. I'm will admit that I'm not sold on sermon. I think I'd like to see steel chambers in that second role right now. Um, but Honestly, I'm fine with how Master Teague is running after this past game. What do you think? I don't. I'm okay with how Master Teague's running. Um, Sermon, he's still going down a little too easily. Uh, he did have some good runs, though. He found some holes. The thing with Master Teague is, and I was impressed with how he ran. Uh, I think, again, it's just that Achilles, he's lost a lot of the burst that he had before so he's not very fast and he kind of knows that so master t kind of has this approach that he's not trying to make anybody miss that he's just trying to run over everybody which i mean that's okay to wear teams down i just think that we're we're used to seeing guys that are able to break long touchdown runs and i just i don't know if we're going to get that this year yeah i I, I don't think it's a possibility i i mean we saw him, he broke maybe like a 20 yarder and it looked good, but I don't, I don't see him taking it to the house. Maybe sermon can, um, you know, if Marcus Crowley comes back healthy, maybe he can uh, steel chambers. I think, I think he showed that he definitely has, you know, the burst through the line that maybe he can do it. I just master T 
I think he'll be fine as long as you, if your blockers are working, he's going to be fine because he's going to get you between that four to six yards. You know that you're going to get first downs out of him. He's going to hurt people. He's going to run over people. He just, he doesn't look to make people miss. He looks for contact. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with you. I don't think that they are, he's not going to break a long touchdown run this year, but I, I just think that, and I know we're used to it. I mean, we, we remember Zeke, we've seen JK now. Um, it's just, you know, there's different types of running backs. And I mean, he averaged 4.8 yards a carry. So he was almost at five yards. And I just, I, I'm fine with that. And I think if you, you call the game correctly for him, which I felt honestly, Ryan day did a better job calling for the game for him this week than he did last week. And I think a lot of that is he's kind of getting used to it. Every year, your team's a little different. It doesn't even, if you have a lot of players back, there's still going to be somebody different in there that you have to kind of adjust your play calling to. And I kind of think that's it with Teague right now is just that he's a power back. And if he can get you five yards or almost five yards, uh, a carry on the average, I mean, you should be able to work with that. Yeah, no, I, and I agree. Um, I don't, I would like to see sermon get some more carries though. I would like to maybe, I know I said last week, I want to see one of them be the man. I maybe kind of switch roles in this next game. Just let sermon be your main ball carrier and let Teague, you know, give him breaks here and there. Just see what you got. I mean, cause I, I think sermon deserves a chance to be kind of like the featured back for a day, but I was fine with what master, you know, what he was able to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, um, I felt, um, and the only reason why I wanted to bring it up off the top is just, I mean, some of the stuff I saw, I mean, like there's some real, I mean, there are some people that are bringing up obvious flaws. And then there's some people that are like doomsday people that are, you know, we're never going to win with this type of offense. Be like, you can win with this type of offense. You just got to adjust your play calling a little bit. And it's not hurting the passing game at all from what I've seen. So I think we're fine. And this is really probably going to be, one of the better rush defenses you're going to play all year. Yeah. But that's also, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, uh, a catch 22 there because you want to make sure that you're getting better every week with it also though. So, I mean, you're not, I don't, you, you might not get the competition necessary the rest of the way out to really get you prepared for those playoffs or even, I don't know how Wisconsin's rush defense is this year. I'm sure it's probably pretty good. Assuming that's who we end up playing, which I don't know if that's who we end up playing or not, because they're pretty devastated by COVID right now. So they yeah. may drop a game or two here. Yeah. They, who knows if they'll be able to get in the necessary sixth, uh, even playing the right. Who knows? So I don't, I'm, I think we went in the right direction with run game. So I'm happy yeah. with that. And if it keeps getting better, I'll, you know, I'll keep feeling more confident with it. Um, I don't know right now. I don't, I don't know. Still, still some things to be seen, but definitely trending yeah. upwards. Uh, the way I'm looking at it, if, uh, uh, and I know you can't really say a lot about Rutgers. If we end up doing good against Rutgers running the ball, but if, uh, if Rutgers shuts us down, then then I'll have some concerns about the running. Games. Yeah, absolutely. Then, so, then um, that's something to be scared of. Yeah. Um, so Justin Fields, I mean, the dude is just, I mean, he one ups himself. I mean, you thought 
I mean, he might have not thrown. He might have thrown a couple more incomplete passes this week, but I mean, he looked even better this week than I thought he did against Nebraska. I mean, the dude just. I mean, you can't stop him when he's just when, especially when he's got a, just a full arsenal of people, players to throw it to. Well, I mean, full arsenal of players to throw it to, and all the time in the world to find those guys. Also, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't say enough how those two tackles did. I mean, for defensive ends. I mean, for pro football focus, their college football uh, edition. Yeah, I mean, they saw a combined 37 pass blocks between the two tackles, zero pressures, zero sacks. And I mean, you know, Penn State has two good ends. So I yeah. mean, and they were unheard of for that whole game. <laughs> I mean, Nicholas Petit Ferrer looks like he might be ready to be left tackle next year. Yeah. I know we said that, you know, he'll stick in that right tackle spot and Paris Johnson will go over there, but that guy looks like the real deal at tackle. So yeah, yeah. it might be his left tackle next year and Paris will get the break in at right tackle. Right. And then take over right Paris tackle the third year. Again. He'll get to go to left tackle. Cause yeah, I mean, Nicholas Petit Ferrer, he looks on a different level as far as tackles go and Thayer Munford, he definitely looks healthier than what he was last year. So, um, but yeah, when fields has all day like that and, and that's kind of like what also with the run game, why I don't think I'm freaking out more, even though I thought the run game was better. It's just when Justin fields has time, it's like, he's playing a different game than everyone else, man. I don't, I don't know if I remember a quarterback and even he's different than Troy Smith. I don't remember if I remember a quarterback looking that comfortable. That is just like, it seems like the game's moving that slowly for them at Ohio state. I mean, he legitimately looks like, and I know we're only two games in and he was trending upwards last year, but he legitimately looks like a top five NFL draft pick. Like he looks like a future NFL quarterback. I mean, you can say, yeah, we're only two games in, but I mean, these are two of the better teams you are going to play on the schedule. So, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, everybody can now know is kind of my feelings about Nebraska, where I think they could be at the end of the year. Um, And Penn State, I mean, I know they have two losses now, but still, Penn State's going to be one of the best defenses in your side of the, on the East. And, you know, what we saw from Michigan, I still think Penn State still has a better shot of, you know, Indiana might be the the front runner to be number two now, but... uh, Penn state probably still has a better chance to be number two at the end of the year than Michigan does. And um, so I just think that's, it was a good defense they played and Justin Fields. I mean, it looked like nothing was bothering him out there. No, he, he didn't get uncomfortable ever. He made every throw he wanted to. I mean, it honestly, the first two games, it looks like Justin Fields can just do whatever he wants on the field. Yeah. I don't know what's going to stop him. I mean, like, I get the only thing that worries me is if the run game, if it does get to a point where you're against better competitions, not working that anytime a team goes one dimensional, you know, it's bad news for them, no matter how good the quarterback is, that still gives the defense kind of something to zero in on. So, yeah, I mean, that's my only concern, but I don't know. I just, we got so many weapons everywhere and Justin Fields is like, I mean, so damn good at distributing the ball. I don't know. I I feel so confident with him. Yeah. And then also the thing with the running game is, you know, if Teague starts feeling better as the year goes on, you know, and maybe Chambers gets, maybe Sermon starts uh, showing up and maybe Chambers gets a little bit more playing time. I mean, 
this passing game is just going to open up the running game. Oh yeah. And we've kind of seen that too. I mean, how do you, I mean, this is uh no, I mean, how do, this is the first time in Ohio state history. You've had uh, two receivers uh, have back-to-back 100 yard games. I mean, that's uh that's crazy. And Wilson and Alave are just dominating teams right now. Like neither one of them look like they can even be covered. No. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. Like it's just, it's, it's nasty watching those two. And then now, uh, Jamison's getting into the, I mean, he had some big catches the other night. Uh, you know, a couple of the freshmen have been getting on. It seems like, uh, uh, Jackson is the, the next guy on the field. And it's just, I mean, they are looking about as good as advertised right now. Absolutely. No, I hundred percent agree with that. And like I said, I feel like the only thing that can slow down the team is if their run game just gives them nothing, but I just feel like what the threat of what that pass game can do is kind of like, yeah, pick your poison. But if you got to sell out to stop the run, cause you, you know, if, if you got to, they're going to be able to throw on you or if you spread your team out to stop the pass, you're going to lanes are going to be huge and they're going to be able to run on you. So I, I have full confidence. I think they're going to be, um, you know, very well balanced here on out. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Um, so, uh, we talked about the offensive line. I, I felt like, uh, run wise, they were, they were dominant. I thought in the first half, um, maybe not as much uh, running the ball, in the second half, I, I, but I thought Ohio state got a lot more conservative in the second half. So I also think that's kind of part of the numbers. It seemed like Ohio state, they got to a point in the second half. They, they wanted to head back towards Columbus that they felt pretty confident that they weren't going to lose the game. Yeah. I mean, let's, uh, if we transition over to defense, I mean, honestly, they, they shut them out in the first half. Those yeah. are those two field goals were gifted to Penn state. Yeah. There is no way. There is no way Baron Browning that could ever be considered a roughing the passer. Yeah. I mean, falls out of the hand and he tackles the guy right then and there. He didn't pick him up and slam him. It was a tackle. I'm just, there is no way like you could ever confuse that for roughing the passer. And, yeah. um, and again, the field goal, Thinking about it, it was probably or the kneel at the end of the half. It was probably the wrong call. He probably should have just had Justin roll out and just like bomb the ball out of bounds or something, you know, something like that or roll out or ran a little bit. I don't know, but <laughs> how could that play have not taken two seconds? Exactly. He um, the ball. He takes three not quick steps backwards and he takes a not quick kneel like how, yeah. how could that not be two seconds well and and when you're clocking the ball which i know clocking and kneeling are two different things but you know clocking the ball has got it's a much quicker reaction because you were literally clocking it the minute it comes back to you and th- like how does Neil and we know from the, because the, they discussed this a couple weeks ago, you know, cause saving that he made a big deal. I believe it was the Georgia game. He made a big deal about that. You know, you need three seconds to do a, you can't clock with anything less than three seconds. So how right. can kneeling go quicker? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, cause especially fields did not seem like he was any in any urgency to get his knee on the ground. So, yeah. so yeah, like he did the right. 
he could have rolled back. He could have took one more step back. I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. That's to me, that's, I, I mean, there's a lot of things you could say about it. I just, there's no way that's should have even been another play. That's just, that's just the referees being ticked off that. I think that the, the teams left the field. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, now the defensive line, I mean, I, I, that was like my big, one of my big things that they needed to step up and boy, did they step up that it looked like a completely different, uh, that looked like a defensive line that was on a mission. And, uh, that was pretty much for the whole game. And they were just, I mean, they were in Sean Clifford's head very early in that game. And like, and those tackles now the tackles be when you have both uh, Haskell and Togiai now, and now it looks like that they, these guys are, they, they, now this is an elite defensive line, which she thought it could be. Now it's there. Yeah. I mean, what about Tommy Togiai? Like what nose tackle gets three sacks in a game? I mean, that's just crazy. And oh. Haskell Garrett, I know he didn't get the stats to go along like what Tommy did, but he looked unblockable again. Like they, they yeah. look so dominant and this is, might be a little bit different, even though we've had good defensive tackles in the past, but you know, this might be a little different than past years where these defensive tackles, at least what you're getting at starting, they're kind of going to, they're going to force that quarterback out to those ends instead of those ends kind of, you know, coming around and forcing the quarterback up into the defensive tackles. Like we've seen so much in the past that really helped them get their sacks. I really think these guys are going to drive those quarterbacks out to the, the edge there. And those ends are just going to feast on it. Uh, Jonathan Cooper was unblockable. I know, Again, he might not have had all the stats, but that guy was on a mission on Saturday. Yeah. So I just I loved it. They looked and I, I thought they looked so good. I mean, you still worry kind of about the depth in the middle, but what you have to start with with Taryn Vincent now being healthy too, like, oh man, watch yeah. out for those guys. And Zach Harrison, I felt looked better than he did in the first game. He had that huge uh double tackle for loss. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Okay. So Penn state at some point, they got to run these draws faster, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, how many times is one of our ends going to tackle both the quarterback and the running back? Like at, yeah. at some point they got to get this, these plays moving a little bit quicker because yeah. we've seen this three times now. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're it's like, they're doing the read wrong. Like, and, uh, it's like, you know, you have to make a, maybe a quicker decision that you have to keep. If, if the defense ends crashing on you, maybe the quarterback needs to decide that I have to keep this ball a little quicker. Yeah, I don't, I agree. I don't know what, but we see it so many times with them. It's like, okay, well let's wait till the defensive end makes a decision and the defensive ends. Like those dummies still have the ball. I'm just going to tackle both of them. And it was like, we keep running into it. So I don't know. They got to start making uh James Franklin's got to teach that one a little bit better. Cause that's one that uh, keeps coming back no matter who the quarterback is for him. And I have to, I have to rewatch it because I, I have to see if maybe if the if the lines run blocking on that one. Like I'm starting to wonder, are they trying to do an RPO off of that and a receiver's releasing because it just seems like the quarterback's waiting so long to pull that ball out that it's just letting the the defense ends getting there so quickly that he's able to grab both of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it is. We keep seeing it, though, but good for Zach Harrison for uh, keeping that little tradition going because got to love it. You got to love making those plays, um, you know, teaching Penn State who the real top dog in the Big Ten is. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so um, before we move over to linebackers, just, you know, a couple other guys on the defensive line, you know, Tyler Friday, I just want to throw out a honorable mention to him. He had some big tackles and, you know, Taron Vincent was in there. I mean, he definitely wasn't making his, the fireworks like Togi and uh, Haskell Garrett were making, but he's playing and, you know, yeah. he was, in, he was in there a bunch. I saw him in there a lot. So, well, and that's a big thing. And I know people are like, well, he didn't have any stats. Some defensive tackles that's not always a gimme for them to get yeah. you know stats like we get spoiled with ohio state what they have on their line but sometimes it's just that people didn't have any room to go or you clogged up something in the middle or you yeah. got a little bit of a pass rush you know that's yeah. all the difference of the defensive tackle so i mean just because he didn't have anything doesn't mean he had a bad game and also the guy hasn't played in how long so his first game back to penn state like i'm not going to give the guy too hard of a time i mean just getting that depth back is yeah. amazing for us yeah with defensive tackles i mean a lot of times when you see linebackers of both Pete Warner and, you know, and tough and we'll get the tough here in a minute, you know, they both had good games and that, you know, a lot of times when your linebackers have good games, that means your defensive tackles are having good games because they're taking up all three of the middle. Those two guys are taking up all three of the middle yeah, the offensive guys. And those guards can't release on linebackers. And, you know, that's half the battle. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So onto the linebackers, I mean, I've been one of the hardest uh, critics of tough and, you know, it's crazy. I, 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 I still think some people are like really anti tough. Cause I saw some people on Twitter afterwards saying how bad of a game tough had. And I'm like, some of you people watch the much different first half than I watched because I mean, he was in on how many tackles and he was, he was really making it a nightmare for Clifford at times. Now tough Borland. I mean, in my opinion, and at least against the competition, he had his best game as an Ohio State Buckeye. Um, anyone that defended him said that he's the one that belongs out there. Yeah, yeah, I think that was his best. That proved he was the best middle linebacker on the team this week. So he just seemed like he was reading the ball just so fast. And maybe now it's just that he, I mean, he's a smart dude. So he's seen Penn State's offense for how many years now? And so it just seemed like he was as your middle linebacker, he, he was, and it's the same thing with Warner too. It just seemed like both of them were just, they knew exactly what the play was every time, mm-hmm. especially in that first half when they were even in the second half. I mean, Penn state didn't do much against them in the middle of the field in the second half. So like, you know, their touchdowns, the, the two touchdowns were on two of the three touchdowns were on the outside. Yeah. And, and I know Clifford had a big run in the second half, but that a lot of that had to do that. They got caught in motion where the, they kind of gave up the middle of the field, which, you know, they have to work on that stuff. That's not the first time that they've done that. And right. have maybe you have a better game plan when, you know, guys are going to motion. Somebody still has to be in the middle of that field. Uh, second half, you know, it was, I don't know. There was a, some things went wrong in the second half, but you pointed it out earlier. I mean, Ohio state was in no fear of losing that game. Like I know you, you still don't like the plays that you gave up and we'll talk about the secondary here in a minute. Um, but anytime they scored, Ohio state was able to answer. I mean, Ohio state's offense could do whatever they wanted to do. And Penn state was, let's face it. I mean, they were one dimensional. They could not run on Ohio state on Saturday. So 
it is what it is like, but you're not going to just beat them throwing the ball in the air because especially when Ohio state can kind of just score at will on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like my feelings with everything in the, it seemed like, you know, they just kind of wanted to get the game over with. Um, and I saw some people, there was a couple guys on Twitter that kind of, I mean, not a lot, just a couple people. It was like, he was too conservative. We need to blow these guys out. We've said this in the before. I mean, the committee is more concerned now about uh, controlling the game more than, uh, you know, uh, blowing teams out and, you know, running it up on teams. I mean, maybe, yes. I think the committee still looks at that type of stuff when you play teams like Rutgers, but when you're playing Penn state, it's who controlled the game. And I mean, you can't say Ohio state did not have full control of this game. No, absolutely. From start to finish. And you know what will always uh, supersede the style points or control of game, any of that, the zero in the loss column. So Ohio state with a big 10 championship undefeated, they're in the playoffs every year. There's, I mean, there, there, there is nothing else you can say. I mean, Ohio state, they would have to go on such a bad run in the playoffs for them to, for ever the committee to ever discount, discount a undefeated Ohio state team. So it's never going to happen. So as long as they remain undefeated, people don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And for them to remain undefeated, they just have to play how they're supposed to play because what we saw this week, I mean, Honestly, the toughest game left on our schedule might be Indiana. Uh, I mean, uh, from what I, and I know everybody, it's a rivalry game and everybody's going to throw all that stuff out. And obviously we'll talk about Michigan uh, more as the weeks go on. But I mean, they didn't look like they deserved to be on the same field with Michigan state. And we're a lot better team than Michigan. State. I mean, how's Michigan? Yeah. And we'll talk about them later. They're not going to be able to stop our pass game though. Yeah. Um, so to the secondary, um, so the things that annoyed me with the secondary, so, and I forget who gave up the first touchdown pass, but they gave that guy too easily to the middle of the field on that one. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think Sean was on him, but he kind of let, I mean, I don't know. Maybe hooker was supposed to come up on that or Proctor. I'm not and, sure. And that's not even, I mean, Sean's more egregious one is his last touchdown. Um, the second touchdown, that's the freak handed catch. The only thing that really upset me about Sean Wade on that one is that, and I know some people said he pushed off. I mean, Sean Wade's a pretty strong guy. He didn't push him off that far off of him. Sean thought the ball was overthrown. I mean, and he was going back for an interception. I yeah. mean, he, that's what he saw. And, and I know you, everybody wants the stats and he, he got caught in it. He wanted the pick. And he should have, if he would have stuck to the guy, the guy would never made that catch. Right. And it would have been a much harder catch. I mean, the, the catch right before that was even freakier of a catch because Sean was literally on the guy and the guy made a great catch there. That number five. Um, now the last touchdown pass, the, the one that really bothers me, Sean, it wasn't even like, I mean, Sean was actually an unbelievable positioning on him. He was actually had slightly to the inside and the guy just pushed around him. And it's like, I mean, if you want to be a top 10 cornerback, you can't let guys do that. No, I, and seven, two, they got to be more aggressive. Like they want to be what they are. They got to be more aggressive as press cornerback. So, yeah. and I, when you win by 13 and you got a ton of crap to work on though, that's a great thing. So, yeah, I know, especially, um, you know, Penn state at night time. Um, 
I am. I mean, secondary, I do have some concerns, but I think Sean Wade's going. I don't know. Sean Wade can get it together. So yeah. I'm not. I was actually. So I wanted to ask you though, as far as like confidence goes, and I don't see who's going to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten. I don't see who's going to play a game with Ohio State in the Big Ten. So going to the playoffs on a one to ten, you know, how confident are you with our run offense against Alabama or Clemson? Just an an elite team. Um, I'm going to say I'm at six, six and a half right now. I want to see a a little bit more. I but I think that you can call it right, and that's the thing. Because I think even against Clemson and Alabama both, and I think Clemson's probably got a better rush defense. Alabama's got a, probably a better pass defense. Yeah. Um, that I think that you could still, with Master T, get four and a half to five yards of carry if you play everything right with the wide receivers. And a and lot if of you get be- five yards of carry, you're in great shape. I mean, I know we're spoiled with seven yard carry guys, but. I think, I mean, I mean, Clemson, I mean, I, I'm thinking a lot differently about Clemson today than I am. Uh, I was a week ago because I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence is unfreaking believable, but I don't know who our comparison team is in the big 10 to Boston college. I think Penn state's probably better than Boston college. So like, I don't know if Ohio state minus Justin Fields could beat Penn state, but I would think that they would beat whoever the Boston college, or at least play better, a more competitive game. I mean, they had to come back in that game. And so like, yeah, if, if that is your, if, if Trevor means that much to your team that, I mean, if I was, if I was Clemson, I'd be a little nervous about playing Notre Dame this week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Notre Dame might give them a better game than what I originally thought, but who knows though? They could still, you know, destroy them. All right. So moving on though, um, passing offense confidence level. Where guess, yeah, one I'm, at a, I'm at an eight right now. Uh, again, I want to see a little bit more, but I loved what I've seen so far. I mean, if Justin Fields, if he really pads his stats over the next couple of weeks with Lawrence having COVID and stuff, I mean, I know Mac Jones is going to be a tough one, but Justin Fields has the name recognition. He might, he might end up easily winning the Heisman. Yeah. I don't know. Mac Jones. He's like, you remember back in the day and even maybe the last couple of years too, like the Oklahoma quarterbacks, you never like, and I know Bradford was good. Who was it? Was it Jason White? Was that yeah. his name? Yeah. You know, like he had a ton of stats. I think he even had a Heisman, if I'm not wrong. He but did, like, um, you knew if he didn't have the time, he wasn't a, like he wasn't going to be able to do it. That You, you know, and I kind of feel the same about Mac Jones is like, if he doesn't have the time that that guy can run straight downfield and get open, he can't, he can't beat you with intermediate passes like you know trevor lawrence can so or like justin fields can to other teams so i don't know if i'm really that worried about him if you can get pressure to him now i don't know if you know you can i think alabama has a good offensive line but that's just kind of how i feel about him right now is i'm not sure if you're consistently getting to the guy 
if he can beat you anywhere else besides the deep ball. And I could be wrong on that, but just from what I watched, I, I think that's how I feel about him. All right. Now yeah. going over to the defense, how confident are you run defense can stop an elite team? So you're talking ETN or Najee Harris. Well, run defense, they stopped ETN last year. So yeah. I'm, I'm right now at a seven. I think Alabama with Najee is, but they're a better running team than Ohio state's played in several years. But yeah. the problem with, with the problem with Alabama, he's kind of, he's not really old Nick Saban though. So it's not, I don't know if he's going to try to kill you with the running game. And, you know, even with Najee, I mean, it's more that they pass the ball first now, and then they go to let Najee Harris do his thing, right. running the ball. And he basically, they use Najee to punish you for trying to cover their wide receivers. And so, so like Ohio state, I think could play with that. I, I think Najee with uh, Alabama's offensive line is a little scarier. Yeah. I, we shut down NTN. We shut him down in the, it was he, him in the passing games. What killed us. Oh, right. Uh, no. And I don't, I never thought, and I know people say he runs so hard for his size and they've shown like, I've seen that guy get a lot of 200 yard games against lesser competition. I've seen him get stuffed a lot when he plays better teams. So, I mean, yeah. I know a guy works out. I know he's probably going to be a top, you know, three draft or, rounds like top three rounds in NFL draft, you know, top two days. But I just, I've never thought that that guy is the type of guy that he can go against Ohio state and they could put the game on his shoulders and he would ever be able to beat us. Now, of course, you know, what comes with that though, or like the screens, like you're talking about that him in the past game just absolutely killed us in that fiesta bowl. Um, the problem, yeah. The problem with what the problem with him is that, you know, him in the past game, I mean, that is literally the extension of their run game. I mean, He's a, he's a great home run hitter running the ball and that works in the ACC. That doesn't necessarily work against Ohio state, but the problem is when Ohio state's when they get into trouble with their linebackers and their safeties, his ability to catch screens going those little, uh, those little like the wagon routes or whatever, some of that stuff where he goes to the middle of the field. I mean, he absolutely torched you and he did last yeah. year. All right, and then confidence on the the pass defense. Now this could go up, um, but I pass defense is probably my my biggest fear right now, and I would say it's a five. Um, I want to see a little bit more from the defensive line. The defensive line, the way defensive line played against Penn State, almost makes me want to take it to a six right now because that determines so much of your past defense. Right. Yeah, if they can no. get to the quarterback, you know, I I mean, you have to be Trevor Lawrence on his best day to deal with a great, I mean, you've saw the years with the giants and the Eagles, the, the times that time Brady lost his Super Bowl when good defense alliance can really screw up a good quarterback. Yeah. In his head. And um, so right now it's a five. Sean needs to be Sean needs to be the number one corner. He needs to, I mean, he got challenged three or four times in that game. And, you know, I don't, re, I don't know if Okuda ever got challenged three times in one game at all last year. Maybe not two plays in a row. So like, 
So you have to, and, and Akuda covered their best wide receiver too. So if Sean wants to be that, and I don't know if he will be the number three pick, but if he wants to be a top 10 pick, I mean, I, it doesn't matter if you're on their best wide receiver, the quarterback needs to be thinking in his head. Well, that's the best cornerback in the country on my best receiver. So yeah, if I throw up a 50, 50 ball right now, there's still a 50% chance he is going to pick this off. And, yeah. you know, so, um, Sean's not there yet. And on the other side, it's just, that's going to come with reps. I think seven could get there. I am interesting to see where, how bad hurt Brown is. Um, but yeah, I think it doesn't, it doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Tyreek Johnson, uh, has to step up now. Right. Yeah. I yeah. feel like I'm kind of blowing that one with my breakout player. I don't know if that guy's even recorded, uh, anything in the first two weeks. Well, he, he needs to come on the, get on the field now. I mean, yeah. I mean, hopefully he, can, hopefully he can actually make plays. I don't know. I thought, I really thought the way he was acting in the, you know, preseason, I thought big things were coming, but doesn't seem like right now he's a part of Kerry Combs' game plan. And I will say, even though I thought Hooker made some mistakes in this past game, I feel a lot better after this game with Hooker and Proctor than I did after Nebraska. Yeah, I thought they both, I thought they both made some good plays. And yeah. so I, my confidence in them are actually rising a little bit. So I, I want to see that continue to progress. Um, if the defensive line plays up to LJ level, and I think they can, where they have a lot of different guys coming at you. It's not just, we put three guys on chase young and that's going to shut down your entire pass rush. If, I mean, you saw against Penn state, I mean, at times, I mean, different guys were getting to Clifford every play. Yeah. It seemed like at different times. So, you know, I think that that could determine a lot. If that, that helps your corners. If you're going to put your corners on islands, that helps them out. And, you know, then they have to make the plays. And I know I texted you earlier today that Tommy toe guy is the next in Dominican Sioux. Uh, I, I mean, we're not there yet. Obviously we're not there yet, but man, what a performance that was. If he keeps that up or like that, uh, I don't know if Tommy toe, yeah, if you're going to see him for another year, because <laughs> that no, that's he, a first round uh, defensive tackle. Yeah, no, he'll, and he'll be, He's like that first defensive tackle taken off the board. Oh yeah. I mean, big, strong. I mean, you know, he's fast. I mean, remember that play Luke McCaffrey had, he was the one that he almost ran him down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, I, I have confidence in those guys. I think that might be one of our best defensive tackles we've ever had. And I'm a, like, I loved Michael Bennett, but you know, the Tokyo might just be a different level. Yeah. So yeah, I have, I would say that that's my, my lowest confidence. I think they're at a five, but they could raise. And I, I just want to see the defensive. I think by the end of the year, you're going to see this defensive line just be something special. Like they, and I, they might even be a lot better than they were last year, because I think you don't have that. You don't have that guy that you can just like, they don't have chase young where they could just put, they put too many. They had a, he was their crutch. And some of those other guys, that's why they didn't show up. They were waiting for, uh, chase to show up and yeah. some of those, and he was showing up. He was just had, everybody was blocking him. So the other guys had to show up. Um, I, think, this, I still think one of those guys are going to end up being a breakout player. Um, I, I actually, I do too. I think by the end of the year, we're going to have one of these defensive ends and probably Toki. I are, are going to be first round picks because, you know, somebody's going to start making some noise, I think. Um, and I think once, 
I want to, if the defensive line continues to establish themselves, that just helps everybody else in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree with that. So uh, I kind of like same. I'm very close with you on all these. I might be a little bit higher on the run defense than what you said. I feel like I'm probably at a five with the pass defense. So yeah, I'm, I, I agree completely with the offense. And actually the only thing that makes the pass offense an eight for me is the run offense is that I'm scared that we might get put in a position against a better team where we're one dimensional, but even that man, we got so many damn weapons catching the ball and the best quarterback in the country, possibly that. I don't know. I mean, they sh- I don't, I don't know that. Ohio State might be able to be like, and I know it might be, you know, blasphemy to compare uh, Justin Fields to Joe Burrow, but they might just be able to throw on everyone and win the title. Yeah. And the thing about, even if I don't think we're going to get one dimensional because Justin Fields can run the ball. Yeah. Unlike exactly. We were a little one dimensional in 2018 because of Dwayne's inability to run. And I think because, uh, because of these receivers, be able to spread it out with the receivers and Justin Fields ability to run the ball is that's just going to help the, the running backs out. And at the end of the day, you might only get five yards to carry from Teague. And maybe you do need to see sermon a little bit more. And maybe we need to see steel chambers and maybe, and I know you want that bell. Well, they're back. That's what we're used to, but you know, I mean, I, and I'm thinking back when the Eagles won the super bowl a couple of years ago, maybe you just need, three guys to step up and, you know, you need to get your 200 yards from three guys. And, you know, I don't, and I don't know if you remember the second half of this past game a little bit better than I do. Um, did Marcus yeah. Crowley play? I don't know. I was, he, I was, he's on ESPN stat sheet for a tackle. Did he come in on special teams? He might, uh, I can't, I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> I didn't get there. Like rewatch the entire game. He does have one tackle unless they got the number wrong. Who's his number? Who's his, who's his opposite hey, on deep. I'm pretty sure uh, he's 24. So I don't, that's what, unless he's 23, I could be wrong there, but I think he's 24. Unless they got one of, uh, unless Wade should have had three tackles and you know, they just marked it down wrong. I don't know. Maybe. And that's what, that's what I was thinking too. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on that one, but I saw that. I'm like, he was on the not available list. So yeah, well, then I would assume that he wasn't available because he probably didn't travel. Uh, yeah, you know, okay. they could only take seventy-four, so it's probably a mistake on ESPN's part. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, so that's kind of my thought process with the running backs. If you know, maybe it just it's a it's a collaborative effort to get to your two hundred to two hundred and fifty yards a game, and then you know what, it, you just got to be balanced. And if, yeah, you know, if they can do it that way. And they're holding the trophy at the end of the day, at, at the end of the year. I'm not going to cry that these guys didn't end up being JK Dobbins. No. And I'm completely fine with that. If you can get it, I just, I'm not sure right now when you get to your Clemson's, if they can get 200 yards on the ground, but with Justin Fields, he's got to keep that run game moving too. So you yeah. got to remember that, that he, at least he opens up everything in that run game as well. And at least, you know, we, we have still several games until we have to play that possible Clemson. So, uh, yeah, you know, and even possibly Michigan will probably be the next best run defense we play. Um, 
I'm not going to say Michigan State's run defense is all that great yet because Michigan, uh, another, they don't have a running game, you know, which still boggles my mind that uh, Jim Harbaugh can't put a running game together there. You know, it's Michigan and how Mike Hart is the last Michigan running back drafted is still like, <laughs> it's just unbelievably, it's like this, I can't believe that. When you think Where about did some you, of the- what did you think Michigan did? What did you think they were a three loss team? Actually, I said they were a four loss team. I are felt- they worse? Are they worse than what we thought? Well, now I'm wondering if Indiana can beat them. Yeah, and- I think Indiana will beat them this week. And actually, if Indiana beats them, uh, that's going to make me really happy because Indiana is the one game where I'm starting to get nervous might be a trap game to Ohio State. And uh, if Indiana beats Michigan or plays really good against Michigan, I think that takes that out then. That- okay we'll be ready for them because um, Indiana's in a really weird position on the schedule because Maryland, even though Maryland looks better now than they did the first week uh, and you got Illinois behind them. So I'm just like, I don't like Indiana sitting in that position because it's like, I, I, it's just like this part of the schedule seems like that they're going to get lulled to sleep. And then Indiana's in that spot. That's going to be like that wake up call where you have to uh, really fight to win it. And, yeah. um, so I think Indiana is going to play an unbelievable game against Michigan. If Michigan played how they did this past week, Michigan's in a real danger to lose this game. I agree. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they don't got a running game. Their receivers are nowhere near as good. Joe Milton can't throw the ball downfield, at least not yet. And I don't, the guy's, way too cocky for what he's done. So yeah. I don't know. I'm not too there. I mean, they're secondary. That's kind of been Don Brown's, you know, bread and butter has been his secondary and linebacker since he's been there. The secondary is all out of sorts. I mean, they don't have depth. They they got their best players playing out of position because they don't have depth. So yeah, I, yeah, I'm a little worried. I, I mean, I'm not worried for them. I don't like them. So if they lose every game, I don't care, but I just, I don't know how they're going to be competitive against decent competition the rest of the way. I see Penn state beating them. I see Wisconsin. Yeah, they might. Wisconsin's a wild card now where I originally, I thought Wisconsin was going to easily beat them now. And if, if Mertz is back for that game, like the way that, and if they, the way that they gave up the passing game to Michigan state, I mean, he's going to torch them. Yeah. I don't know, man. They might be, they might lose five games this year. And we've said how Harbaugh is not his contract keeps on not getting extended. You know, that president don't like him up there. And that might be if he loses, if he doesn't have a winning record, even in an eight game season, like, I don't know. It might be it for him. You still got to buy him out. Yeah, and and because of COVID and how much money everybody's lost, might be his saving grace that they might just wait till his contract ends next year. But yeah. that's still going to put them really far behind the eight ball because who are they going to recruit this year? Because nobody is going to commit to a coach that doesn't have an that is not signed. It's like you know because it just has no. There's no. Uh, it's just too much fear. There's too much things possibility. Well, right. Yeah. You're not, cause you're not going to commit to this guy and then him be gone the next day. So, yeah, so. Yeah, I know. or even if he is there for the, the one year, but if he hasn't been resigned, who's going to commit to him that they're good. You're going to get a new coach, your sophomore 
Yeah. All right. So we had a little, uh, little snafu there in the audio, but, uh, so we, we don't think Michigan is going to be, uh, I, I think they're probably, I don't know. They're, they don't look good. And I, I think they're going to lose more than maybe the four games. I thought they were going to lose. So let's just get our quick closing thoughts in on this game. So overall, John, what did you think? Um, I'm okay with it. Happy, you know, happy with the win. I think you could have beat that team by 50 points. So they didn't look like they were in the same league as Ohio state. Um, you, you leave happy Valley with a two touchdown win though. I think you're happy. So I'm good with it. Lots to work on. And there's, you know, that's a great thing winning by 13 points, a happy Valley and you have a ton to work on. So, yeah. And this is my thoughts. I, I don't know if it'd be quite 50 points, but I do agree with you that, uh, I think they were the more dominant team it actually kind of made me think of a little bit of last year's game where they were, uh, they early in that game, like the first quarter, the first quarter and a half, they were the more dominant team. And then they kind of, they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit and Penn state was able to take advantage of that. So I don't know how necessarily that was that these two teams are comparable or the fact that Ohio state just, they got to a point in the game that we are the better team and this team ain't going to beat us. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So I think we'll call it a night on that one. I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, please subscribe to the channel, hit the all notifications and uh, like, and give us comments on the videos. Same thing on the podcast networks. Uh, you know, make sure you're subscribed to our channel, our podcast channel on the podcast of your choice. And remember we're on all the major social media sites. So follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we will, uh, talk to you there as we uh, love uh, communicating and talking back and forth uh, with all the different uh, Ohio state fans out there. And we love hearing opinions. We love giving an opinion. So come on down. All right, everybody. Well, you all have a good night. I'm John. I'm Mike. Oh, H I O.